Welcome to Valley Community Church. Our Sunday sermons are available online to help you grow in your Christian faith. Our messages are practical and applicable truths from the Bible for today's life challenges. And now, Senior Pastor David Schmaltz. The wise and the learned. He just, even at the age of 12, he was able to go into the, into the temple and he spoke these things over them and he could speak the words of God and they just were in awe at his wisdom and his understanding, his sagacity. He often taught in parables so that the wise and the learned would be forced to look at the simplicity of wisdom and truth. I want you to catch that. Because we often complicate. We religiousize. We, 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 we bind up the truth of God when really when we take it apart, you'll find that most of the principles in God's word are very, very simple. Very, very simple. And that's what Jesus was able to do. He was able to cut through all that religiosity, the pompous attitude of the religious, and place among them truth that stood alone and could transform a life if embraced. Have you ever noticed that? That some, if not most of the solutions to your problems, my problems, can be solved by simple changes? Simple changes. Just to embrace a truth here, make a little adjustment there. We tend to shy away from simplicity because it just can't be that easy. I run into that quite often in, often in counseling when I sit down with folks that have questions and I'll just say, you know, have you considered this? Jesus used farming analogies over and over again so that the people could identify with what he was saying. In other words, he reached for them. He, he, he got into their world, agrarian society it's, it's called, and he got inside there and he used their analogies so that they could, they could say, ah, even the simplest of person, no education could say, I get that. I know what he's talking about. They found themselves understanding exactly what Jesus was trying to communicate, provided they really wanted to know. And Jesus pointed that truth out as well. He said, the hungry will receive it. The desirous will, you know, take it, will, will be able to receive the word of God. The hardened hearts in many ways, the simplicity was the test. Catch that. Those who didn't understand, uh, I'm sorry, those who didn't believe, they would just scratch their heads and just say, you know, this is too simple. Well, I mean, what is this guy saying? The parable of the seeds, of course, is a remarkable truth and a remarkable teaching in that the wisdom can be applied to almost everything in life. And that's what I want to do this morning. I want to talk about the sower of seed. Let's look at Mark chapter 4, 24 through 32. We're going to look at this differently than probably you have heard it uh, taught and preached before. Consider carefully what you hear. I love Jesus when he starts that way because he's trying to slow us down. He says, look, I'm getting ready to say something that's very, very key. You need to get it. And that's where meditation of the word of God comes to play, that we need to take time and consider and think. Often we just memorize scripture just for the poetic and the power of it just physically, literally, when truthfully, deep below its, its literal stratum are spiritual truths that are incredibly powerful if we get them. So here's Jesus trying to lay that, that foundation, saying, listen carefully to what you're getting ready to hear. With the measure you use, it will be measured to you and even more. If we just stop there for a moment. We're going to unpack that truth here in a minute, but just think about it. With the measure you use, 
it will be measured to you. Well, that's about as simple as it gets. So the cup I pull out is going to be the cup that is given to me. What, what, how I measure it is how it will come back. Whoever has will be given more. Whoever does not have, even what they have will be taken from them. Two truths that are being stacked here, very powerful. He also said, this is what the kingdom of God is like. A man scatters seed on the ground, night and day, whether he sleeps or gets up, that seed sprouts and it grows, though he does not know how. All by itself, the soil produces grain. First the grain, uh, the stalk, then the head, then the full kernel in the head. And as soon as that grain is ripe, he puts the sickle to it because the harvest has come. And you can see Jesus teaching this, and all the people gather around going, yeah, man, that's, that's, that's right. Hey, Rabbi, that's exactly what happens. That's exactly what happens. It's, yeah, that's right. That's exactly what happens. Again, he said, what shall we say the kingdom of God is like? Or what parable shall we use to describe it? It is like a mustard seed, which is the smallest of all seeds on earth. Yet, when planted, it grows and it becomes the largest of all garden plants with such big branches that the birds can perch in its shade. Amazing. Wonderful truths that as we look at those things, as we embrace them, we understand, and we dig a little deeper, you're going to find that there's something that God really wants to do with that. Okay, so let's take it apart. Let's look at number one. Let's go back through these verses. He said, with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. Okay? Little cup, little return. Big cup, big return. So it's not talking about the amount, is it? So much as the cup. Now, what does a cup represent? Or what is the measure? Now, we know, I mean, the, the measure could be our hands. The measure could be some object that we use to measure it. And, and, of course, in many cases, that's exactly what we're talking about. And for our purposes, let's just say the measuring cups, okay? So we're getting ready, and we've got a need in our life, and we're deciding, okay, I have a need. Because what we need to really do is start with the second part of that. It says, it will be measured to you. Most of us are more interested in the measure that's coming to me first. I hate to say it, but that's, just, that's life, man. I want to know what's coming to me. And Jesus said, look, if you're concerned about what's coming to you, you've got to start with what you're giving out. So he's talking about that cup. He's talking about that measure. And we know, and I use some strong language here, but really it, we need to get that part because I say the fool thinks they can sow only a little seed and get a huge field of plants. Now we have Will back here. Will, you're, you're in charge of agriculture. He knows all about seeds and planting and ground and soil. and He's the man. We often turn to him and help us with our uh, things that we do in our property and the land down in South Weldon. And, and uh, Will can confirm all of this is very, very true. Okay. He can also just say and confirm this sentence. And we all know it's true. that you, A lot of times we go out into the field and we stand there and we say, man, where are all the plants? Where's all the grain? And yet Will comes walking up to us. I'm sorry to throw you into the day, Will, but... Uh, he didn't know that. I didn't call him, tell him. But anyway, Will walks up to you, and he's standing there, and he's looking out that, and he goes, um, did you throw any seed out there? Oh, I'm supposed to throw some seed out? Kind of need to. Kind of need to. Because 
the measure you use, the measure you receive. Now, you see that? I mean, come on, let's just get it. Let's all just say, uh-huh, makes sense. Now, let's, let's remember that Jesus is using this, this, this very practical, very real, you know, measurable, viewable, uh, demonstrable process and says, this is how it works in the spirit as well. Okay? It applies to everything. Your time, your effort, your righteousness, your money. So your time... You know, a lot of times people, and I'm, I'm just going to choose a couple of little things, but, you know, we want our children to grow up fearing God. But if we don't time, spend any time sowing any seed into their life of an understanding of the word of God, and yet we expect them to bear fruit of the fear of the Lord, we're, we're not understanding. We're not, we're not embracing this truth. That the measure we use is what's going to be, is what's going to come back. So, we want to have raises. We want, to have, we want that opportunity to be promoted in our job place. And remember, I, I remember when I was working at UPS and uh, many, many years ago, and I, was, I, I actually um, put in, they were looking for a, a part-time manager. So you were the guys who were working on the belt in the morning. I had the early morning deal loading the cars, and I saw the opportunity. They were looking for a new uh, manager, made more money, a little harder work, but it was, you know, it was just kind of, you know, you wanted to promote, you get more money, that's what everybody wants to do. So I, I put my name in for it, and I remember the manager looked at me and laughed. Not a good sign. And basically, what he was trying to tell me in not so many words was, David, you haven't really even been faithful in the job that we've given you. What makes you think we're going to give you a management job? And I remember walking away just thinking, whoa, I really got just slapped in a good way. It taught me something. Because, you know, here I was in Bible college. Here I was reading my word every day. Here I was being faithful to serve God and love God. And yet here I faced a very practical situation in my life and going, where's the fruit? Where is the grain? Where is the fields of favor? And me running through them with my long golden hair. You know what I'm saying? Where is it? Only to find out, God tell me, um, you didn't sow any seed there, David. You used a little cup of faithfulness. You came in just when you needed to come. And you know, they had the old punching, you know, the old punch, put your card in, thunk, 2.30 in the morning. That was hard stuff for a 20-year-old. Worked my tail off. But they were looking for more than just my showing up. They were looking for my heart. And I wasn't really sowing those kind of seeds. So your effort, they were watching. Are you sowing seeds? And one of the things they talked about, they said, David, you didn't always go out of your way to help the guy below you. You just took care of your spot. And I was loading three cars. It's coming down a belt. It's like Lucy, right? In the, the, you know what I'm talking about? I mean, and that's where it comes. And you're pulling all your stuff off. And, and if you let stuff go, go past the guy behind you, he'd have to pick up your stuff. And believe me, the guy right behind you, you and he, or sometimes it was a female, uh, you would not be very close friends. Believe me. And so, whatever we did, in other words, to sow seeds of extra work, the heart, to be more than just an employee, but a servant. And I remember at that very moment, I got it. And I just said, okay, Lord. 
I can't rise on my religiosity. I can't rise. I mean, I could have brought to my man, wait, 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 let me, let me bring in. Here, here, sister so-and-so, come in and tell him who I really am. Well, Pastor Dave, or, or David is a really faithful, I mean, he comes to church every Sunday, and he loves God, and he's memorized the word, and he's given me words of encouragement. And they're going to look at that, her and just say, so? So? Where's the seed of effort? Where's the seed of faithfulness? Where's the seed of, of being faithful? Here, so it applies to everything in life. It applies to our righteousness. You know, when we want more and more of the favor of God, now we understand we don't earn the favor of God, we do not do that. that we are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. That's what Romans chapter 8 tells us, and there's a powerful truth there. So when you come to God, you don't come to try to, you know, to, to purchase anything. You don't come to try to earn it. What we really need to do is every day come to God and say, God, in spite of my failures and struggles, and you made me righteous. I just want to remind you of that, that when you died on the cross, you made me the righteousness of God in Christ. So the key in all of that is to stay in him, isn't it? Connected to Jesus, talking to Jesus, under his cover and care. And it says the harvest of our righteousness is what the Scripture talks about. Increasing it. We'll see that in a minute. And then, of course, our money. Now, Jesus over and over again used money because, you know, that is one of the places where you see it most frequently and effectively. And we understand return. We understand investment. We understand that it's probably one of those things that really is the most. And, and God really pointed that out. He said, look, your spirituality is centered around as much as this thing as it is anything in your life. You examine a person's checkbook, and you really do see the heart of where they really live. And yet, there is a tendency to want to just push all that to, to the side and say, no, 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 I'm sowing seed. But look, you don't sow seed you know, putting in corn in the ground expecting wheat. You don't put certain kinds of seed in expecting, because it is in direct correlation, you know? If I sow effort, then I'm likely to get people to serve me with their effort. You, got, you follow me here? It says increase in number and in kind. So if I am faithful, somebody's going to be faithful to me. If I am sowing the seeds of loyalty, I'm going to experience the seeds and the fruit of loyalty in my own life. If I sow, so the seed of kind is what it will reap. But what I've also found is that with our money, it doesn't just come back in the form of money too. It is one of the only seeds in the ground that we sow that I find in Scripture that even not only does it reproduce in kind, but it reproduces in many other areas as well because of the character that it takes to be faithful in it. Okay. So the measure we use, it will be measured to us. Whoever has will be given more, but the little that some have, have, even that will be taken. You know, that doesn't seem fair, does it? When you read that, that's one of those, what they call the hard sayings of Jesus, and there are many. But you look at that, it says, whoever has will be given more, but the little that some have, even that will be taken. And you look at that and you just say, wow, man, I mean, that is a political, almost a political statement. I mean... In many ways, we could take that and strip it of its, you know, 
just kind of pull it out and throw it into our culture. And someone would, pe- people would point at that and say, exactly. That's the problem with our society today is that the people who have keep getting more and the people who don't have keep getting less and that's taken from him. Whoa, now hold on just a minute. Isn't that what's in the Bible? So before we start burning down stuff and marching on Washington and start doing some things, there's a biblical principle here we need to catch before we go on. And this is it. He's saying, look, if you've been faithful with what I've given you, then I'm going to bless you. But if you're unfaithful with the very, even the very little that I've given you, then guess what? Even that's going to be taken from you. And, you know, poverty is not always the result of spiritual things that are taking place because Jesus said the poor will always be among you. But he didn't say that any poor person always had to stay that way. Mm-mm. Meaning, we get a hold of some spiritual truths. If we understand about measure, a lot of times when people are working through poverty, those are some of the things that we have to talk about to say, well, can we talk about your measure? Well, look, I'm going to start giving when I start getting. That's not what the Bible teaches us. Okay? It's not what it teaches. It's not in there. And, and yet, remember, I, I want to go all the way back to some of the lies the enemy tells and those lies work their way. And if, folks, if we're going to be people who really are of the word, people come up to me, oh, man, I'm all about the word. I'm in the word. The word, the word, the word, the word, the word. <laughs> and, man, all I have to do is mention one part of the word. Well, I just think that's a cultural thing. I'm just like, no. You said the word, the word, the word, the word, the word. I'm quoting you. This is the word. And this is red letters. Oh, We're getting after the red now. So, that's right. Yes, it does seem unfair, but it's a biblical principle, which is why people hate Jews. Just let that sit there for a minute. Stew. That's why they hate Jews, because they prosper, because God spoke prosperity over them. So, can I just make a suggestion here? Stop keeping your eyes on other people. Focus on your own measure. That's right. Forget them. Don't worry about other people being blessed. Don't try to take their stuff. Get your own. And if God decides to take their stuff and give it to you, which does happen from time to time, then be settled in it. Become a good steward of the seed that God has given you. Now we're going to go a little deeper here. Number three, Everything in our life is considered a seed. Did you know that you are a seed? Uh Uh-huh. This whole idea of seed and maturation and germination and all of this concept is right in the Bible. And it's at its very micro level, it is a spiritual truth. We carry seed inside us to fertilize the egg and the fruit comes forth in a baby. You see it on the trees. You see it in our bodies. The seed is life. And doesn't it make a lot of sense that we should focus on that a little bit to get it down, to understand that if I am a seed and you are a seed, and we are seeds, what are we supposed to do with the seed? Plant it. Put it in the ground. Because it is a temptation of every person to hide the seed. 
Because what is seed, now not necessarily you know, in all aspects of it, but when we look at the agrarian society, isn't this true, Will, that often the seed is the fruit. And you're tempted to do what with the seed? Eat it. And just say, well, look, I got these bag of seeds, and this, will, this is going to cover me for about two weeks. And so I can make bread, or I can make a meal, or I can make some kind of a stew, or I can do something with this, and I can survive. But God says, look, I got this little thing called sowing the seed, that if you'll just plant it in the ground, that's going to bear fruit 30, 60, 100 fold. Now, folks, if we see this in life, if we see this in the agrarian society, I mean, or, you know, in, in the processes, why don't we understand that in our own lives? We are a seed. It is to be sown. It is to be given away. It's, it's meant to allowed to die so that it can come back and produce even more. And Jesus talked about that. Is not the gospel the story of a seed? It is. We have this wonderful, perfect seed who came forth and was planted into the earth. It germinated. It was thrown away. It was cast. But yet, when it came up, it bore fruit beyond anyone's count. One man producing billions of believers. That's awesome. Talk about, a, talk about the greatest return ever in history. One man bringing salvation to all who believe. It's a story of a seed. And Jesus shared that with us. He said, look, I'm getting ready to die. I'm ready to get going to see. He says, your life has to be the same way. Giving things away can seem like death sometimes, does it not? You know, I don't watch those shows, but I see from time to time, you know, the hoarders. They talk about the hoarders. Wow. Talk about a misunderstanding about the seed, huh? <laughs> look, they keep seeds. They're not even seeds. <laughs> you know what I mean? They're stacking stuff that's like, you don't need to be keeping that, honey. I went into a house once. This was many years ago. And there was only a small little pathway. And there were things stacked all the way up to the roof. And what were inside, there were candy wrappers. Cereal boxes that were folded neatly. Newspapers going back 20 years. And you think about that, and it's, it, it breaks your heart. And obviously that can be, I mean, that's kind of really a psychosis. It's something where they can be set free of that. But it, it's, what it is is a natural process that is out of whack. It's out of kilter. Can be healed, can be delivered. But what that's showing you is it's that, that, that broken part of us that wants to keep and to save. When God says, let me pry it out of your sweaty little paw. Because that's important. And there are times it does get pried out of her hands, and afterward we just go, thank God. But folks, that's not what Jesus is really after. Okay? He's not after having pastors up here trying to do the shakedown on you. You know, lock them doors, usher, nobody leaves until everybody gives, and I want to see you doing it. Or... You know, look, um, everybody serves in some ministry. I mean, that's no fun. That's not the spirit in which it's given. See, a gift is that. It's given. It's sown freely. And, and, and the Bible talks about that, how important it is that not only the seed, but it accompany, it's accompanied with fertilizer. 
And you know what the fertilizer, fertilizer is? Willingness. Obedience. A seed wrapped in obedience is awesome stuff. A life yielded with obedience is going to be planted deep in the ground and it's going to produce an amazing amount of fruit. I look around in the room and I see a lot of you. The seeds of your life, just wonderful. Of course, Bobby and Emma being a wonderful example today. Seeds that have been, you know. And now, as I said, they've bared fruit and it's like they've got the little, <clears throat> it reminds me of the dandelion that finally they, 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 they pop the little, the little fur on top and they just, the wind just takes them to the next place where they can continue to do what God created them to do. So we should never eat our seed, though we're tempted to do it. Our time, our energy, our spiritual gifts, our resources are to be treated like seeds. And when we get, get that, you, I mean, there's no way we're all going to be able to get that right now. I can't just pour that revelation into you because it truly is a revelation. The enemy is constantly after that, by the way. If he can keep Christians from understanding this truth, which is why Jesus said, listen carefully to what I'm saying. If you get this, it will change your life. Again, we're so tempted to think about the loss and not the gain. But it wasn't not for the joy that was set before Jesus that he scorned the shame, that he looked beyond what he knew he was getting ready to suffer. And a lot of times we think about that when we're getting ready to write our, our tithe check or we're getting ready to show up to church and we just we think about, man, man, I don't know if I want to pay this. I don't know if I want to give this. I don't know if I've got the time. And people tell me that all the time. I just, man, I'm so busy. Man, you're not too busy for God. You really aren't. You never are. You never are. Because it does come down to a matter of priorities. And if you need more time, then give more time. You know, I learned that even in my own life as a pastor. There are times, and some, you know exactly what I'm talking about. You ever get in your day and just think, man, I didn't get anything done. But then go back and just say, you know what? If I had started that with a greater earnestness and fervency in prayer, to just say, Lord, would you take every bit of my thoughts and every bit of my time today and make it fruitful? I sow that seed of honoring God with the first fruits of my day, of my mind, of my energy, that watch all of a sudden the ideas just start to flow. I mean, it's just like, you know, you don't have those V8 moments where you just go, I why didn't I think about that sooner? God releases fruit even in our mind when we sacrifice our time. Here's some food for thought. If you feel that you cannot sow your seed, perhaps you have more seed than you thought you had. Maybe it is time to downsize. Maybe it's time to rethink your priorities because people generally go back to that. Jesus squashed it with the widow's might. But still we say, I mean, I just can't make ends meet, man. I just don't have enough seed. Rethink. Perhaps if God does not give you more seed, he's wanting you to go back to the seed you already have and work with that. You know, one of the things that comes through recessions and depressions, which you know, economists, you know, throw themselves off the top of buildings when they happen. But for the average person, it's a wake-up call. And what they find is that people generally spend more time with family. They find people who stop, you know, are not buying as many luxury items and things that they're trying to fill up their life to fill that hole. And they're forced to look at one another and say, wow, you're my husband, you're my wife, you're my kids. We got nothing else to do but love one another and get creative 
you know? Instead of having an Xbox, you just carve a gun or something out of wood and play with it. Creativity. Sometimes creativity is the answer to our lives. I guarantee if you call a financial advisor, they're going to say, because if you look at them and say, look, I mean, I'm just, I'm just out of cash. I just don't know what to do. They're going to they're say, liquidate. That's exactly what they're going to tell you. And God is the greatest financial planner ever. And you go to him and you say, God, I just don't have enough seed. He's going to say, liquidate. What do you have? Number four, the sower must be patient and continue to sow. Must be patient. Jesus pointed that out in that teaching. Because, you know, I went right over the top of that purposely. Let me get back to it. He said, the kingdom of God is like this. A man goes out to see, sow the seed, and yet it said it sprouts, it grows, it does all this. And nobody knows really know why. I mean, even scientists can look at it and they study it and they say, but they really don't understand the processes behind it. I mean, we have names for all of this, but it is truly a miracle. Is that right, Will? I mean, the whole life, I mean, it's a miracle. And so Jesus, he just points it out and he says, what he's trying to share in that, he said, this is what the kingdom of God is like. Stuff happens and you don't always need to know why. It's just true. Love people good stuff happens. Sow your seed, it will grow. So he's saying, this is what the kingdom of God is like. It's simple. Sow the seed. You don't have to wonder why. You don't have to say, you don't have to ask any of the questions. You just faithfully do it. I mean, do you ever see any farmer, Will, going up and down each one and planting a seed and saying, now, why is this happening? And so I'm just going to watch this one. What's it doing? It's not doing anything. Do you see a farmer doing that? No. He plants the seed and says, you know what? I'm trusting the natural processes. So we give our life and we trust God. Jesus is saying that. He's saying, this is the kingdom of God. Do what I tell you to do and trust the spiritual processes. Trust what I say. There's a word for that. You know what it is? It's called faith. Faith. Sometimes we have more faith in certain processes in our government, certain processes in society than we do in God. We have more trust in the God of Visa than we do in the living God, who is the giver of all wealth. But we've got to be patient. Results will not spring up overnight keep loving that person, keep serving that boss, keep sowing kindness to those who despise and mistreat you because you are storing up righteousness. There are many times I start off in my morning and I like, you know, I have to encourage myself. You know, sometimes when people are mad at me as a pastor, it means I struck a chord. The truth sometimes hurts and people don't like to be hurt. And so there are times when people's faces come to mind. And instead of me going, taking David's psalm and say, Lord, let, curse them. Let their loins deteriorate. Let the fleas of a thousand camels camp in their, you know, their saddle. You know, whatever. You want to do that. But I don't. And Andrew and I do this quite often. We'll just say, Lord, I'll get them in my mind. I say, Lord, I ask you to bless their socks off today. I ask you to bless them. 
I ask you to bless their business. I ask you to bless their lives. Lord, I know they're in the middle of making a really bad choice in their life, but Lord, I just speak your blessing over them. I, I pray that you cause them to turn and see the error of their way. And you know what that's doing inside me? What, is, I'm, what am I doing? I'm sowing seed. I'm sowing seed of what? Faith. Of love. Of kingdom thinking. And see, if I'm sowing seed and I understand seed, what is going to happen with the seed? It's going to bear fruit somewhere. Who knows how that's going to bear fruit? Maybe in my kid's life who something happens inside them. Rather than on that very day they choose to listen and love and obey me rather than just let their, have a furrowed brow and shut me out. Mm. You never know how at times that is going to bear its fruit. One day that fruit will begin to outpace the sowing. I forgot the verse and I didn't write it down, but in, it, it's, in the pro, it's in the prophets. I want to say it's in Isaiah. But it talks about how one day Israel, that, that, that the fruit bearer is going to outpace the sower. And that's a cool thing. Do not pay attention to that red-haired lady. I got one more point. But she's going to make that point a real nice point. All right? So you're going, to be you're going to be tempted to stop sowing seed. But don't. That is a mistake many people make. Don't stop sowing the seed when times are good. You know, farmers know that. They don't just have a great harvest and say, well, honey, we get to take a whole year off. That's not too smart. Because you're going to go through what you have, and that next season's going to come. Steve, you know what I'm talking about with them peanuts, man? You've got to put them in the ground. And you've got to keep sowing. So here, here is the, the master plan. Is that even if you have an incredible harvest, you keep sowing seed. And you, you, you're wise with your seed. You sow it in good soil. And a lot of times we just want to throw. When we get a lot of seed, we're just going, here, you have some seed. And, and, and that's not wise either. Sow it wisely. And know the time will come when God says, look, you used to only give a widow's mite. It's time for you to give because I'm blessed you so much that I want you to be a part of my kingdom in greater ways than you ever imagined. So don't stop sowing seed when times are good. I see people make this mistake in both directions. Times are bad, they stop sowing because you believe that lie. What difference does it make? Or when times are good, hey, I have all I need. So I'll just stop sowing seed. Remember, everything in your life is a seed. Your time, your energy, your money, your love, your gifting. So I'm not just talking about money here. I'm talking about even the energy of your life, your time. Jesus was cognizant of proportion. If it is small, we think it is too small, and again, we fail to sow it won't do anything. It's a lack of faith. Look at uh, Mark chapter 4. Further on, it says, But the worries of the world and the deceitfulness of riches and the desires, desires of other things enter in and choke the word, and it becomes unfruitful. And those are the ones on whom seed was sown on the good soil, and they hear the word and accept it and bear fruit, 30, 60, and 100-fold. Jesus said, look, 
This process is working every way, everywhere, through the word of God. He said, even God is sowing seeds on the planet right now, sowing it out into every tribe and tongue. Some of that falls on rocky soil. Some of it falls on fertile soil of a person's heart who says, I want that. And we're to do the same. Cast that seed. Becoming those spiritual farmers. Giving it willingly. In 2 Corinthians 9.10, I'll finish with this verse. It says, Now he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will also supply and increase your store of seed and will enlarge the harvest of your righteousness. That's a kingdom principle right there. God doesn't want us to remain the people who even what we have it is taken from us. God wants us to be the kind of people that have an increase, a greater store of seed to sow. Not, again, not just in our finances, but in our health, our energy, how we're thought of in this community as being faithful, honor. You know, if we go to Proverbs, it says that the true riches are having a good name. That's a true rich. rich. Have people loving you and people just saying, there goes so-and-so walking down the street. They're faithful, they're loving, they're kind, they're loyal. That is the greatest rich right there. And they fear God. So he wants to increase us. But it starts with understanding that, folks, we are a seed and that we need to be sown. So we need to give of our time. We need to give of our energy. We need to cast it need to give it. Even at times when you're not sure how or where and in what way, just do it. Just do it. Because God is faithful to his processes. Remember what he said. Pay attention. <laughs> Listen closely to what I'm telling you. The kingdom of God is a seed. So let's stand up this morning. If I could have our prayer teams please come. We're going to close this service. I want to release you to, you know, if this is your first time here today, we encourage you to go to the Connection Center. The rest of us will just make our way to the cafe. We want to honor Bobby and Emma. They're going to be in there. And if, just to go and hug their necks. You know, they've, I know they've been a blessing to so many of us. They've visited you in the hospital. They've, they've prayed over you. They've been like a mom and dad to so many. So just take a moment before you go to do that. But let's bow our heads and close our eyes as we finish here. Lord Jesus, you teach us very clearly in your word, God, that these processes, Lord, these spiritual truths are so foundational. Lord, help us. Help us, God. Lord, we don't want to be the emaciated Christian. Lord, we don't want to be like the poor one who, who stays poor. Lord, we want to experience... Lord, your blessing, your favor, your increase of 30, 60, and 100-fold to experience the best life we possibly can. That's your heart for us. But Lord, it doesn't begin with you. Well, it does. I mean, truthfully, you've already done that. But it begins today with us. And that is a willingness to sow our life, to cast the seed wherever you send us. Lord, forgive us for our lack of faith. Lord, we repent of, Lord, any withholding. Lord, forgive us 
wash us clean this morning. And Lord, in its place, God, would you give us a fresh desire and obedience, faithfulness, a loyalty to your kingdom. Lord, a sacrifice, a sacrificial heart. Lord, to cut through those lies of the enemy. Lord, the word of God. Lord, even this morning, God, as I've spoken it, let it be a sword that cuts through joints and marrow. Lord, soul and spirit, so that we might be able to stand today in truth. And we experience in this coming week and the, the following days and months greater and greater fruitfulness, God. But give us patience along the way now to wait and wait and wait on your, your deliverance. We thank you today, Lord, in Jesus' name, amen. I encourage you to come. If you would like prayer this morning, come down. We have our teams here for you. I'd love to pray over you. God bless you. You have a great week. Matter of fact, we're going to sing a final song. And uh, so let's sing that together, and then we'll be released to, the, to pray with God. Let our hearts beat again with a life love that never fails. Love you till never fails. Breaking down the divide in a holy collision. Divide in disguise, take the cross for our sin and say. God, you will never fail. See the lost in return, swing the doors ever wider. See the tide as it turns, love and mercy is on the rise. Yes, Lord, lift up your name forever. We go forth with that declaration, Lord, declaring that, Lord, we are your people, and we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen.